It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Let's see here. Kids are back in school next week. Chargers preseason football kicks off this weekend. And IG 50Y is back from summer break. I'd say everything is coming up, roses. What's going on, folks? I missed you, but it's not like I haven't been around, been kicking it with Jamie and Garrett on the channel elsewhere, talking any and everything charges where necessary, but now we're getting back into the regulatory floor things and I couldn't be happier about it. So without further ado, let's hop into this new 2023 first edition, first episode of I Got Five on it and uh, let's roll. right out of the gate with it because i don't like what i've been seeing and i want to address it number one r-e-s-p-e-c-t-j-p put some freaking respect on joshua palmer's name lest we forget exactly what that man meant to this offense last season he's practically an unsung hero when you're looking at mike williams being down for multiple weeks keenan missing what eight plus weeks all JP did was step in into a number one role on multiple occasions and lead wide receivers and receptions with 72. Uh, clearly, he was prepared for it. Was it perfect? Nah, but it wasn't something that he was expecting, but he obviously prepared for the opportunity. And I get it. Quentin Johnston is the name that most fans care about, and you should. It's a huge deal. I'm looking forward to what the kid can produce as well, but um, I don't think it should just be assumed that he's going to be the guy over Palmer. 
I say they work more in tandem, probably split reps. They'll see the field at the same time on multiple occasions in this offense. But um, I don't think you should just be pushing Palmer to the wayside, uh, especially if you've been watching his performance in training camp. Almost every practice, there's some sort of crazy catch. He's routing somebody up, showing just superior hands. He's improving as a player overall. And one of the things that I like the most about him coming out of Tennessee, if y'all followed me for any period of time, you knew that I was a fan of the pick, was that he fused a lot of Mike Williams' game with Keenan's. And so he was kind of sort of positioned to be the perfect type of player to take over in the event that one of those guys went down. Um, you know, was he or is he a better route runner than Keenan Allen is today? I think with regard to what you're seeing right now, you can make an argument that he's on his way there. Um, is he the 50-50 contested catch guy that Mike Williams is overall? Well, you've seen some of these wild one-handed stabs that he's pulling out of the air in camp. And I mean, get it, it's training camp, but you got to start somewhere, right? I'm not saying that he's either guy or better than either guy in what they do best. What I am saying, though, is that he's gaining ground in certain ways and you got to pay attention to that so i think he'll have a much bigger role on the offense than what a lot of people think and this could be i mean maybe not necessarily from a catch perspective because i doubt you know he'll have 70 plus receptions again this year but i mean if we're talking about somebody in like the 50s high 40s and he ends up having near the same type of production yardage wise or talking about a 600 to 700 yard wide receiver with a few touchdowns in the mix of playing with all of these other weapons um, outside of him that's saying a lot but I think that Josh Palmer is going to become more of a household name after this season and certain people are going to have to pay attention and recognize that this isn't just some out of the blue situation the guys on the come up and I think this season He'll get his just due, even in what may seem like more of a reduced role because he won't be the number one option. But still, I think he's going to have opportunities to shine amongst all those other weapons and he'll have plenty of chances to make big plays. And I think he'll do just that. You know, one thing you'll never have to worry about with me is that I will always have the courage of my convictions. Uh, I think. It's what the kids now refer to as, sorry, this is number two, by the way, standing on business. This is mostly in reference to Chargers fans out there who went on Twitter or X or whatever the hell Elon is calling it this week and could not wait to grandstand behind every catch that Quentin Johnston made in camp thus far. And they wanted to pretend as if people didn't spend months of their lives scouting, doing research, looking back at old tape, watching the entirety of his college career to come to the conclusion that they did about the issue with his hands. But, you know, what social media is about, you know, who can, you know, make the funniest joke, uh, get in front of a narrative first and claim that they were the guy who, you know, everybody should praise for it or gal. But really and truly, this isn't a knock on Quentin Johnston at all. It's more about you folks that I'm referencing right now. 
And this isn't for everybody because not everybody was on this train. A lot of you guys out there get it. But then, you know, some people out there need a little bit of a reality check. The fact of the matter is, is that the hands were an issue in college. And in the last few practices, that issue has kind of reemerged a bit. Now, he's fought through it, made some catches after the fact. But a lot of the same issues that he had at TCU catching balls when they're placed right on him. Like he's running a slant, something where he needs to extend his hands out to catch a ball. Uh, has a tendency to either be late with his hands, too late, or keep them too closely to his body to where they make contact with the, contact with his pads and they bounce off. It's just something he needs to continually work on. And I'm sure that he will. He's probably making a conscious effort. But making catches in the offseason against air is one thing. Even doing it when you have someone defending you without pads is another. But when the lights come on and there's contact and you have to worry about someone decapitating you after you catch the ball, or in some cases, even if you don't, it hits a little different. No pun intended. What I'm saying to you folks is, is like, ultimately, at the end of the day, if you're going to say something crazy, stand on it. Don't go disappearing because I pay attention and I keep receipts, by the way. Y'all know I'm petty as hell. So if I see you doing all the clout chasey stuff on X, I guess, I might I might come at you. I mean, there's a chance I might. Again, petty ruckspin. It's what I do. Can't really help it. Just take a break. Relax. Give the guy an opportunity to develop and I'm sure he'll work his way through it and none of this will matter in the future. But for right now, if you're not going to keep it real, at least keep it realistic. Try that. There's really nothing like genuine competition in training camp. I love it, actually. That leads me into number three, which I'm going to call. That's my spot, punk. All y'all out there familiar with the movie Friday, you get the reference. Rest in peace, Tiny Lister. But yeah. Asante Samuel Jr. battling it out with Jasir Taylor for the star role um, in the slot. Well, is it that much of a battle at this point? Because ASJ's been stepping up. Similarly to Palmer's, like every practice, big plays happening or multiple plays. I mean, will he give some up? Yeah, and a lot of that has to do with size, but... Um, we're talking from a skill uh, perspective and understanding how to play the ball in the air. The kids always had that ability. Uh, the knock has been the diminutive size and how it affects him in run support. After Zion had those couple of uh, unfortunate issues with uh, concussions, it seemed like he wasn't nearly as aggressive Um as a tackler against the run but something's changed and i think it might have a little to do with you know coming into camp and them rolling taylor out there in front of him first if you want my honest opinion about it i don't necessarily think that even him quote-unquote winning the spot means a whole lot because i'm not convinced that it won't be based upon whoever the opposition is that week. Let's say they're playing the Tennessee Titans, which they are. And I don't know if you want five foot ten, one hundred and eighty-five-ish pounds in the slot 
attempting to uh, bring down Derrick Henry? I mean, they might, but probably works out a little bit better if you have a bigger body there. And it may not necessarily even be Jasir Taylor, but I mean, in the event that it is, you would understand why. You're playing, let's say, the KC Chiefs, and then you probably do want Zion there. Uh, makes a little bit more sense. They're going to be more pass happy. And you want your uh, best guys in coverage out there. So either or. But, yo, regardless as to how this turns out, I like the just the effort, the passion, enthusiasm ASJ has been showing in camp. And I just want to see it continue into a successful season. And look, do what you got to do to get the right personnel on the field. Mix and match. Um, he's going to get his snaps. And honestly, we're just keeping it a buck here. I'm not thoroughly convinced that JC Jackson is going to be 100% week one. I hope I'm wrong. But if he isn't, then Zant probably slots into um, the outside corner role or you know, maybe they slow play JC back in and kind of limit his snaps for a month or so. And then he takes over full time. But either way, Zion's going to see the field. He's going to play starter snaps one way or the other. Now, of all of the stuff that's come out of camp, the thing that's tickled me the most has been the fact that guys have just stopped keeping their mouth shut about what a nuisance Joe Lombardi was. And most recently, uh, Mr. Slayer, Keenan Allen, had some choice words. Basically talked about being pigeonholed into the slot in the offense. And without saying this exactly, it spoke to Lombardi's lack of offensive creativity. I mean, kicking him in his back while he's down. I mean, I mean, he's... He's not necessarily down. Dude got a gig in Denver with Sean Payton. We'll see how that turns out. But, I mean, now that he's out of the door, yeah, just just let him have it. Why not? Why hold your tongue? He sucked. Everyone knows it. And now we can all just admit it. You don't have to spare his feelings. You don't have to worry about any internal strife within the team that you may create. Get it off, man. I'm sure they all hated him. And, you know, truth be told, Herbert probably did too. But, um, you know, it's all's well that ends poorly or otherwise. But anyway, I'm all for it. Slander him as much as you want. Keep it coming. Uh, it's just additional entertainment until we get to live games. So, uh, you won't see me uh, asking for anyone to let up off of the gas. Kick his back all the way in. I'd appreciate it. I was rambling so much so that I forgot to give you guys the title to number four or even tell you that it was number four. But I mean, if you're watching this, then you'll see it in the post edits. But anyway, number five and to top off uh, this episode of IG 50I, you complete me. My ode to football. No, seriously, I considered doing some spoken word here, but y'all don't have time for that. Uh, but back to ball, man. You guys are probably just as excited as I am. Uh, we got action. Chargers take on the Rams on Saturday. And there are a couple things that I'll touch on here that I'm looking forward to seeing. And if you guys watch, then you should have. 
uh, the preview of Saturday's game that Jamie and I discussed. But when you're watching this uh, two days ago, I may have mentioned a few of these things, but ultimately just what I really, really want to see. And all eyes, for the most part, for me, will be on a one, Mr. Isaiah Spiller. I want to see how they utilize him in the run game. I want to see what sort of running scheme they're implementing mostly. And I think in a game where he's going to be running behind backup offensive linemen, it gives him more of an opportunity to shine over, let's say, a Joshua Kelly because Spiller is the more natural runner. Um, better vision, better foot quickness. He can create for himself and just has overall better spatial awareness where Kelly just kind of has to see a hole and get upfield. That's his thing. Um, if someone kind of breaks into the backfield, he's not, well, he doesn't really possess that type of wiggle or creativity to make a guy miss. Um, that's not his strong suit. But Spiller will get his opportunities running the ball, catching it out of the backfield. Curious to see just how much that offensive playbook is opened up. If they'll utilize two backs at the same time out of shotgun formations, maybe uh, send a guy out of the backfield uh, out wide and into a route and how much run the QBs are going to get. I'm sure they'll get a bunch because they're runners more so than passers. And um, other than that, the lights are going to be shining the brightest on JT Woods. Time to show and prove, my man. I didn't really hear his name much in camp up until maybe the last few days where he made a couple plays, but uh, now is when you will have your opportunity to show whether or not the Chargers made the right decision in taking a third round fly on you. Uh, he's got all the athleticism to play a single high role or a split safety role. Maybe even a little bit of star. But he's going to have to show it. It's going to have to be put on film. And I just want to see some significant improvement as a tackler because he, and I've mentioned this before, might be one of the worst tacklers I've seen in the open field. I mean, like ever. But I have confidence in this coaching staff as far as the defensive backs are concerned because those guys seem to develop. I look at a guy like Michael Davis and how his career trajectory has been and if there's a way to pull it out of him, then I think they will. Because if they don't, then everyone's concerns about that uh, free safety position, which I'm sure haven't all been um, done away with. We like Alohi, but we know he has his limitations. But if Woods goes out there and he wets the bed in the preseason, and then you're banking everything on Alohi as your free safety, then, uh, yeah. It can get ugly in a hurry. But look, we have a positive outlook on this until otherwise. So Mr. Woods, Mr. Spiller, this guy is rooting for you. And I'm expecting big things during this preseason. Do you think? But, yo, uh, thank you guys for joining me here. As always, what you also need to do is tomorrow night after the game, Circle back and jump into After Hours with Garrett and myself as we talk about all of the goings-ons from the game. Uh, and, you know, the beautiful part about going live, like right after the game, is you get the real raw emotions. 
And then you get to armchair QB it like the next week. But I always love the feeling of talking charges immediately after a game, whether it's depressing or joyous, whatever. Just nice to get it all out. So tap in with us. Until the next time, I appreciate y'all. Catch you later this week and then next week. And uh, also, might be some announcements coming soon that you should probably be aware of. I'm just giving you a heads up. Keep your eyes and ears open. Till the next one. 